Football Podcast. What up, fantasy people? Trap here from True North coming correct from Dirty Laundry Studios in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. You can find me at TSEAL14 on Twitter and follow the True North account at True North FFB. And don't forget to check out the site at truenorthffb.com. And the YouTube channel is the TNFF Network. Uh, so with uh, that mouthful out, uh, it's been a, been a bit of a minute since our last pod. Uh, we took a few weeks off. We had some family stuff going on, some life stuff happening. So uh, we are back at it now. It's myself uh, riding solo, but I have brought on a couple of baller guests tonight. Two of my good buddies from uh, from the Undroppables. We are going to start. Well, actually, we're you guys are both in Cali, so we're going down to Cali right now, real proper, like you know what I'm saying. Uh, um, so yeah, we've got um, one member of the Undroppables is uh, a writer and ranker. He's always bringing uh, real thought provoking analysis and content, and I always appreciate his perspective, the way he attacks fantasy football. Uh, that's my guy, Jax Falcone. Uh, Jax can be found at Dino Game Theory. How you doing, Jax? It's a pleasure to have you on, my man. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, my friend. Um, big fan of yours as well. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, and then our other guest uh, needs no mention himself. Uh, another uh, another beauty in the fantasy community. He is also a key member of the Undroppables team. The Emperor of Indica. The Sultan like of that. Smoke. This is Fantasy Stoner. You can find him at Fantasy FB Stoner on Twitter. Stoner, what's cracking, my brother? It's been a long time coming for this. It has been a minute, Trav. You know, life is what it is right now. And it's fantastic to be joining you boys and try to have a little fun tonight. Yeah, it's going to be sweet, fellas. So, uh, yeah, we mentioned off the top, you guys are working with Undroppables. So they can be found at the Undroppables Lots of stuff going on there. So, Jax, why don't we start with you? What kind of stuff are you working on with uh, the UND crew, as I like to call you? Well, we're working on a bunch of stuff right now. And I think, um, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of guys uh, doing some writing. And, um, you know, the the main focus has been on the website and just trying to make sure that the content is, you know, pertinent and and helpful. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea. You just want to make sure that you're putting stuff out that actually is either entertaining or helpful um, and kind of timely. So we're just kind of, you know, getting our groove in that regard. And we've got a lot of stuff working behind the scenes. Obviously, don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a podcast coming out soon. And, you know, Stoner's working on who, well, who knows what Stoner's working on the point. But, you know, <laughs> we never really know. He just tells us stuff and placates us. But that's besides it the comes point. up, man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm a. Uh... I'm contemplating some things. I'm working on some video content ideas and yeah, just that kind of stuff. And we're obviously still promoting, you know, unscripted, the new podcast. And we got some guys that are really good with numbers and <laughs> spreadsheets and whatnot. Like math and shit. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're working on some cool backend stuff that, is really gonna i think be a long-term tool that people can many long-term tools that people will be able right. to take advantage of and part of that like jack started is is making sure the website can can handle all the juice <laughs> this squeeze is going to be fucking it's going to be worth it yeah absolutely that's man. beautiful well man yeah i love what you guys are doing over there and i think you know 
awesome team goes without saying everybody in the community knows who you guys are and uh big shout out to my guy chalk uh that's yes. at 101 chalk on twitter um i think you know chalk was kind of the uh maybe the founder let's say of the undroppables and he's put together a killer crew and chalk and i have had a lot of really good conversations and stuff and i love love the direction you guys are going in and uh you mentioned it there uh stoner but i want to give it a little bit of a plug real quick make sure anybody who listens or watches this on youtube make sure to go check out the unscripted podcast um they can be found and somebody correct me if i'm wrong at unscripted ff i believe on twitter and that's our <laughs> terminator Polly and uh bz are running the ship on that pod and the they are doing bees, a great job dude. yeah the bees i love bz man i love all you guys but uh yeah that pod's been great eighth episode just came out and we're really loving that so anybody who listens to us should definitely definitely be listening to unscripted we love that absolutely thanks for the shout out they're doing a great job we're all proud of them and, and i think what they're doing is a little bit different you know um obviously you know the whole idea of being unscripted is that you know uh, it's a little unfair because Term knows what they're going to talk about and the other guys don't. But no, I'm just joking around with Term. Come on, Term. But, you know, um, hey, yeah, that's, I mean, why I did, that's why I didn't read the call sheet for today's show. I, <laughs> I was in honor of in honor of Paulie and Beezy. I had to represent the unscripted just, crew. Just on so brand. I have, on I have brand. no Fly idea line. really what the hell we're talking about today, but <laughs> I'm ready to roll. <laughs> that's beautiful yeah so why don't we get right into that um we're we're going to talk a couple topics today we are going to first we're going to talk about a couple of covid things i know a lot of podcasts are talking a lot of covid stuff and it's kind of a bummer kind of just like a damper on all of our parades or whatever you want to call it but there are a couple things that i wanted to talk about um and then we're going to get into some tandem backfield so there's some pretty good stuff to talk about there but gentlemen let's yeah, I like uh that, i know you do we'll get into that in, in just a couple minutes my man but two things i wanted to talk about for the covid piece um the opt-out period just ended we're recording this on it is thursday august 6th and uh the covid period or the covid opt-out period ended today um not a ton of notable opt-outs uh Jax, you had a tweet that there was a very prominent jets wide receiver i believe today oh, yeah. that uh, that opted out so i uh, hope anybody who's listening to this is sitting down but josh doxson has opted out of the 2020 season oh. so uh, i know he's gonna be Man. a key piece on some rosters so make sure you plan accordingly uh, <laughs> a couple other situations too like the the Dolphins had a couple wide receivers opt out in Alan Hearns and the other guy's name is slip in my mind Albert Wilson, Albert Wilson the Burt alert that's yeah. right he was um, gonna get hurt after three or four games anyway <laughs> losing Albert Wilson now just opens up more targets for Matt Breda totally he probably would have had like 10 catches in one of those three games just to get our hopes up right. a little bit too right. unfortunately yeah. so um and so everybody would have threw all their waiver money on him and he would have gotten hurt and practiced the next week I just totally. want to. I just want to announce I'm Team Kirk Merritt. That's why uh, where I'm planting my flag. So let's go, baby. Are you? I think I'm going Jakeem Grant just for the excitement factor. I think that guy would be super awesome to see get some volume. Um, no, no Jazeki, Jack. You're not going with Jazeki. Jazeki. Hey. I threw. I thought I threw him off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only one that hates that guy. I don't even hate him. I just like. I'm just the. You know. I just the, don't like him. The <laughs> counterculture. You know. At this point. Fun to kind of be the guy who's throwing dirt on the guy, but look at the end of the day, I think there's some concerns with him. Uh, not to steal this Gasecki moment, but I will because it's been a hot topic for me, you know. And ultimately, 
you know, I, I, I didn't throw it out there for a reason. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's like, you know, you look at you look at Gusecki and, and, you know, I did the anatomy of the tight end and, you know, he checks really all the boxes. I mean, his athleticism is off the charts. It can't be denied. It's unbelievable. One thing I said about his, uh, uh, you know, athleticism that I don't think I've ever said on a, a, on a pod before is, do you remember when the combine happened? Trav, you're going to like this take. Do you remember hey. when the combine happened? When Gisecki broke everything, mm-hmm. were you surprised? Mm, well, that's remember a when it piece, happened. Like, we were all yeah. surprised. We're I like, think Whoa. I was. Uh, yeah, Here's I wasn't why. as big into the college scouting at that point yet, so I didn't know as much about him coming in. I just thought it was pretty wild that he had those metrics. But Here's carry on, why. my man. Here's why we were surprised because he had 9.9 yards per per uh, per catch uh, his senior year. I mean. He was not impressive. He was sharing a field with, um, you know, Saquon Barkley and Chris Godwin. You'd think he'd have found some space to break one. Um, you know, and, and he, his whole career, he had one year above, I think, 11 yards per catch uh, at, at Penn State. It's just really underwhelming. Um, and, and then he gets to the league, and he's been, what, underwhelming uh, efficiency-wise. Mm-hmm. He hasn't broken anything. He hasn't broken tackles. He hasn't, he hasn't been that explosive athlete. Uh, you know, on film, he has been good in contested catch. He can't block anybody. He lined up over 75% in the slot. Now, some are pointing to that as a good thing. And you know what? It might be. They have no mm-hmm. weapons. They just had two opt out. It may be that he just wins with targets. But I don't think if he sees 70 or 80 targets that he's going to have any value. He needs these targets. So if there's a way that he doesn't get those targets, he's in trouble, in my opinion, based on his career efficiency. Um you know, if, if you watch the tape and you see something else, share it with me. I just have not seen this kid be good ever. No. I think I think people are hyping him a little too much. Like they were hyping Mark Andrews last year. I think a lot of people jumped on the Andrews train and knew like this dude can be a top 10 tight end. Mm-hmm. People think that about him. And I think you're right. I, I like him to an extent probably because the position is kind of thin and unless you're grabbing the goat or that fucking clown in Kansas city and a few other names uh, that I'll leave out. Cause you're a Philly fan. Um, you know what I mean? He's, he's a dart throw later while you're stocking up your wide receiver and your running back position. You know, it's, do I take a risk on Evan Engram getting hurt or would I rather take Jonu Smith and Mike Jacecki later yeah. on fucking roll the dice with those two guys. And, yeah, man. You know, I, think, I don't know. I think he's worth a shot, but I, I think he's not, I think he's climbing a little too high for my take. <clears throat> you know, yeah, let I me, mean, let me, let me interject yeah, with the, with the Andrews, you know, Mark Andrews in his rookie year caught 68% of his balls and had 11, 11 yards per target, 11 yards per target. Uh, you know, that was his rookie year without, you know, uh, this high-powered offense. I mean, Lamar mm-hmm. did play some, but they were not exactly what they were no. uh, this year. Even this year, you know, he was he was 8.7. But my point is he showed huge play ability, efficiency, uh, catch percentage, this whole thing. He showed it. And then Gusecki is six yards per, per target yeah. and 50%, 60% at best catch percentage. He's just been... He's just been not impressive. So, that being, so that being said, say, I will say that Gusecki becomes a value at some point because he's going to get 100 targets, right? So, I mean, I'm just saying he's not going to be elite. Is, 
unless you he changes something. you he's closer to Dawson Knox than he is to Mark Andrews? I mean, if, if, yeah, because let me ask you a question. Right now, if the if the Bills called the Dolphins and said, hey, we'll trade you Dawson Knox straight up for Gusecki, I think the Bills say, absolutely, thank you so much, ship him. The Bills would do it. I don't know. The oh, Dolphins. yeah, the Dolphins aren't doing that. Oh. There's no way. There's get no him way. out of here. They're ready to go, baby. Get him out. He's a trade partner 2.0. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> oh, two. wow. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, Jax. I do think he does need the targets. I personally think he might get them with these opt-outs just because he does profile as a big slot and he plays really well there. So I totally see what you're saying. Unlike Mark Andrews, who doesn't need to have a ton of targets and he's going to be efficient on that lower target volume, I think Gesicki is one that might need the targets in that offense. And the tricky piece is that he profiles as kind of one of those seam stretching tight ends where he's got two big play wide receivers on the outside. And if Fitzpatrick plays, Fitzpatrick likes to push the ball outside to those receivers. So it it is going to be an interesting conundrum. I think for me, it's just, it's just your expectations, right? Like, like Stoner said, the the position's really thin. So if your expectations are, you know, between eight and 12 as his finish among the tight end group, then I'm okay with that. But when we start getting into the expectation and the draft price being inside that top eight is definitely where I'm, backing off a little bit so so i can feel that um i'm gonna move on though fellas to just a couple more pieces um one of them let's try and be a little bit a bit quicker on this one just because everybody's been talking about this and i'm a little bit late to the party on this one uh damian williams and his opt-out that was a pretty well it was big in perception might not have been big as far as impact on fantasy depending on what your thoughts were on clyde edwards hilaire uh but stoner why don't you kick us off here what do you think about the damian williams opt-out like does it do much no i was actually just considering that the chiefs may have been hit the hardest by the opt-out losing it losing the starting tackle and mm. we'll just call him a starting and running back canadian I mean, and williams. canadian tackle by yeah. the way doctor we'll just call him a doctor mm-hmm. doctor tackle um, and I mean, and you know, another rookie offensive lineman that they were kind of big on who may have had a chance to step into a role this year also stepped out. And I mean, we're just going to call Damien Williams, the starting running back. He was the starting running back. Now he's, now he's not, I mean, I think it is a big loss. He's not, he's not ideal, but he had a role in that offense, whether you like it or not, whether you love Clyde as your rookie one running back, even though it's clearly Jonathan Taylor, and you're an idiot if you think differently. Um, but I still probably like you mostly. Um, yeah, I mean, Damian Williams still had a role. He was still gonna he was still gonna produce in that fucking high powered offense. So, yeah, I think it does matter. I think the question now is who becomes that second running back that that they used to lean on, and I think maybe we'll discuss a little more of that later in the tandem running back section, but who's it going to be? We thought maybe they'd bring Shady Shady back, but nope, not him. I mean, is it Devontae Freeman who's still waiting for a gig somewhere? Is it the uh, Darwin Thompson that people fell in love with last year? (laughs) Is Ware going to come back and rise from the dead like a phoenix? I mean, there's going to be a running back that fits that role, and I mean, you have to question how how ready they'll be in a, in a shortened preseason, you know, a shortened training. Damian Williams knew the offense. He was ready to go. So I think it will be. I think it will be a little bit of a loss, but come on. You got Kelsey. You got Tyreek. You got Cole, You got Sammy Watkins for the two games that he shows up. I mean, 
you got weapons. So the Chiefs are going to be fine. It's just, yeah, I think Damian Williams is a loss for them. Jax, where are you sitting? Whew. I mean, obviously, I totally agree. I think at the end of the day, though, uh, you know, I was a bigger Damian Williams fan than I think most. I understood that he had limitations. I didn't I wasn't overweight with Damian Williams at any point. He was an older, later breakout, you know, late draft. All You know, there's just a lot of things that made me understand that he was never going to be, you know, an elite bell cow in this league. But at the, at the end of the day, he was explosive. And if you ever watched him in the Super Bowl, he was awesome. And, the MVP. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, wink, wink, MVP. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you he is electric. And, you know, as, as good as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, I mean, I – you know, I, I thought he was probably the, you know, fifth or sixth best back in this in this draft, which is great because it's one of the best running back drafts ever. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, or excuse me, sixth or seventh, probably, I guess. Um, yeah. No, fifth or sixth. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, losing Damian Williams is a big deal. And I think at the end of the I, I don't think that what I don't think will happen is I don't think that um, it's all going to CEH. Mm-hmm. OK, totally. the, the the overblown. Uh, volume projections on him, I think, are a little out of line. He is going to be super efficient. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to be a really nice running back to play on a weekly basis because he's, I mean, he's going to have a few targets and mm-hmm. he's always got a chance to score. So even if he doesn't have that many rushing attempts, it almost doesn't matter. He's still very valuable fantasy asset. But I just don't see the you know close to 300 carry type of thing. I mean, people saying he's going to get you know 90%. I, I just don't see it. They're going to find ways to get DeAndre Washington is a guy that I think will get just run. Daryl Williams will get the dumb, you know, Daryl Williams downs that you're like, why is he in there? But he'll have a three touchdown game where he has seven (laughs) yards. Absolutely. So there's going to be all that. But I think, you know, I think it's a loss, but I think they'll be fine because they're dope. Yeah, I think um, I think that the Edward Solaire hype is getting nuts. I mean, I've seen him going in the first round of of Mm -hmm. drafts that's happening right now. But I I, I feel like he can. He went 101 at the pros pros versus Joe's. He went 101 in the redraft league over CMC. Wow. I could see him having a Kamara like rookie year, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Maybe impactful from the gate, though. Maybe you're not waiting six or seven, however long it took Kamara to get rolling. I mean, mm-hmm. but that type of, you know, efficiency with his touches, like you said, but he's not getting overwhelmed because I think that's the beauty of that dude as a rookie right now is that people haven't seen him. They don't know what yeah. to from him. So let's not just feed him the rock. Let's let's make it special when we do use him. And those yeah. things are going to be so dank when he gets them too. I'm going to mm-hmm. hate watching because JT is still my dude. And fuck the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i actually i have jt as my number one rookie running back in dynasty i actually do have clyde as my number one in redraft right now rookie, um just because yeah. of the situation i just think yeah. it makes complete sense he's actually my running back 10 for 2020 so uh i am pretty pretty high on him well not as high as some of course but um i do I did move him up a little bit and I do think he can be efficient no matter what the volume is. I do uh, like my, my expectations have been a little bit tempered in that I kind of question the volume a little bit. Jax, you mentioned there that a lot of people are expecting this like 300 carry volume. 
not going to happen. Like I, I think if he clears 200 carries, his owners should be happy. And I, I just kind of always question because it really feels like everybody's expecting like a hundred targets from this guy right out of the gate. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Cause if you look back, Andy Reid's tenure with the Chiefs, he's had one running back hit 100 targets, and that was Jamal Williams, or Jamal, Jamal Williams, Jamal Charles, um, early in his tenure, so I think that was 2013 Jamal or something. Williams? Jamal Williams? Yeah. Jamal, shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to and, uh, and I mean, that team was a lot different in that it had Alex Smith and almost no wide receivers, right? So Jamal Charles was the only real weapon. Now you've got Patrick Holmes, a bunch of good pass catchers that can go downfield. So I'm really curious because they're going to have to scheme up those targets because I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to default to a check down as much as some quarterbacks are going to. Bro, so that I, dude's going to throw for 6,000 yards this that's year. That's just it, man. Down. It's true. He ain't checking down unless it. Coach Reed tells him to. Co- totally. COVID defenses and all sorts of mismatches oh. and all sorts of nonsense. He's going to absolutely rip it up. Oh, I mean, if you want to talk about COVID, you were going to talk about COVID. I mean, COVID is just going to, you know, it's like taking the board and just shaking it, right? There's going to mm-hmm. be just situations where there's just, you know, and if you're going to do that, my, I think I tweeted this. I said, this just gives another uh, hurdle for the good organizations to beat up on the, on the shitty organizations. Cause the shitty organizations aren't going to be ready to handle what happens. They're not going to have contingency plans and you know, all the, yep. you know, these, these backups coached up and you know, who's going to have yeah. the backups coached up. Bill Belichick, he's going to have everybody mm-hmm. coached up. Everybody's going to know what the fuck to do as you know, right. Jenny, right. Hayden, right. Those guys are all going to have it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you're looking to try and handicap the, the season, you just pick the great coaches and great organizations and give them an extra win or two. And, you know, that's how I, you know, I've got to not to step on a little uh, article I've got coming up, but I've got a preview, AFC, AFC, NFC preview, uh, schedule preview and over under bets. And so, you know, nice. I, that's what, when I'm looking at that, I'm trying to say, well, who do I trust? You know, I trust, you know, Frank Reich. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, you know I, I'm not a, a yeah. huge indie fan. But you're but also, I, you know, you're trusting Frank Reich and Philip Rivers, a seasoned yeah. veteran, right? Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. An offensive sure. line with. Quentin Nelson and guys that are, are the best in the, you know what I mean? You're trusting. Philadelphia, Baltimore, yeah. Seattle, yeah. San Francisco, the, all these teams, even Pittsburgh to some degree. I mean, you yeah, know, man. they probably have their shit together, you know? So yeah. at the end of the day, the Saints. Ben is healthy. They're good. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. That's what it is. Too. Obviously. Yeah. Though so Ben's the huge question mark in this, in this upcoming season, because, you know, you look at their defense, they're legit and, and they mm-hmm. can absolutely put pressure on Baltimore for the division as can, Cleveland, by the way, with their improved yeah. defense, improved offensive line, uh, everybody shitting on Baker, but ultimately he had bad coaching, bad offensive line. I mean, he had a lot of things not not good. I was, and he, I was talking about Baker last night, actually. Yeah, you I were. said I said that 2020 is the uh, it's the Baker redemption rebrand tour. <laughs> I is, love it. He's the Justin Bieber of the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> he was this young brash punk, and he had a terrible season last year. And I, I think it humbled him a little bit because we haven't heard much from him. He's been quiet. Yep. And uh, and and I think he's going to come out and he's going to play well in 2020, and he's going to not be as cocky. He's still going to be confident, but he's not mm-hmm. going to be. I hate him, Baker. Uh, <laughs> a little redemption like Bieber. Everyone hated Bieber. He was talented as hell, but he was a cocky little brash prick, and everyone hated him. Well, and if you know. think about it, he's going to be playing that Kirk Cousins role, you know, yeah. and, you know, I think he can play that great. He was a, I forget what the stat was, and 
Trav always has these stats. You can just tell me what, <laughs> what, what, what stat I'm talking about. But he was one of the one of the top three or four quarterbacks in play action uh, last year. You know, when he was when he mm-hmm. was in play action, he was great. And when they asked so him good. just to sit back there and, and let his offensive line uh, betray him, he wasn't as good. But when he could get the, the defense moving the way he wanted to, he could really do a good job. And I think, you know, what uh, what are they going to do uh, in Cleveland this year? They're going to run a lot of play action, a lot of two tight end. I think it's going to suit him well. The, the, yeah. They upgraded both tackles. Um, totally. Ah, got you Nick know. Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That Great could, running yeah, backs. Dude. Yeah, totally. Great man. I think, I mean, I think that could be a sneaky on. team. Totally. Stefanski is going to be really good for Baker in just bringing the pressure down because he's not going to have to be holding this team on his shoulders. They can rely on that run game because they have the horses to do it. And I think they have better pass catchers than what Stefanski was working with in Minnesota. So I like that Beaver call. So Baker Mayfield's going to roll up. He's going to be all tatted up out of nowhere. He's going to be well, maybe. Now. He's going to be practicing MMA and shit, and he's going to reinvent himself like the Beebs did. I like it. I said that uh, Gardner Gardner Minshew was was everything that Justin Bieber, or that, uh, sorry, Baker Mayfield. Wishes he was. He was. Yeah, exactly. Totally no, he right. is. Yeah. He is. Cool That's mustache. He can, he can have a shitty season, and people are still going to like him. People are going to be like, it's cool, Gardner. You're good. Yeah. Come back with the shorts next year. We'll, we'll still be rooting for you. But everybody <laughs> wanted Baker to fail so badly, and he did. Here's a weird COVID question. There are some players, and I'm going to use the Cleveland Odell. He gets hyped up off the crowd. He gets that energy from the crowd, right? How is that? There are certain guys that I think not having fans is going to have some sort of negative impact. And by contrast, maybe you have some of these younger rookie players who – shit their bed when they're on the big stage and they shit their pants sure. because there are 60,000 people or whatever. And now they're not going to have to worry about that. So you may have a balance where some players perform at a better level because mm-hmm. there is no, no audience there. And then you might have some guys that who feed off that energy, who, who struggle to get well, going. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's like the swag factor, you know, like some of these guys might feel like that's a part of their swag is when they have a whole bunch of people wearing their jerseys right there. They got somebody to do that touchdown dance in the end zone for um, totally like that call. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, it would be hard to kind of pick those guys out because I like how you said Odell, because that's kind of like that kind of diva mentality that's followed him. And, and I can see that. And, but it's interesting though, because I bet you there's a lot of players who aren't as flamboyant, who maybe have that little piece of their psyche that's connected connected to the crowd as well so really so tough usually, one to pick usually out usually right? there's flamboyance usually there's flamboyance it's the Tyreek Hills that want to piece out people that they're 15 <laughs> yards away from like it's you know it's guys it's those alpha personalities on the field I mean it's not a bad thing I mean diva I hate I always hated that people called Odell diva I yeah mean, me it, too, kinda. it might it might be true in context I guess but at the end of the day Odell is just Odell I I, I, I still mm-hmm. like it he has a ton of fun, man. He has a ton of fun out there, and he's a great player. Like, if I'm making the catches he's making, you're damn right that I'm going to be, like, loving me some me. So, uh, yeah, I feel that. I'd rather like more players and hate more players anyway. What the hell is the use sure. of hating these guys? Sure. I mean, you know, I find what, what's cool about them and, and, and love on them. I mean, if some guys do some fucked up shit, then, you know, we can pass on them. I mean, Tyreek's not my favorite player, but even him, you know, give him some redemption, give him an opportunity. He's a man just like you and me, and hopefully mm-hmm. he can turn things around, become a better man. I mean, that's what we're hoping Our, for. So. Horrible person, solid football player. Yeah. Oh, but for I mean, sure. yeah, right at the end of the day, he's still <laughs> cool as fuck to watch play football, right? Yeah, you know, oh, totally. It's a lot of fun, and, 
and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's not a moral stance to, to watch football. I'm sure there's a lot of jerks, but a lot of great guys. So whatever, you know, get past that. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I love, I love every team. Like, you know, I think that's what a lot of us are do. Why the hell we're doing this in the first Mm -hmm. place is like, we're, we we love this sport, you know? Um, I love playing it. I love watching it. I love thinking about it. I love writing about it. I love all of it. It's so much fun, you know? And so, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, real quick on the COVID, actually, you know, you are the uh, you know the fans and and the COVID and all that sort of thing. One thing that it got me thinking about was, you know, everybody's fading rookies, you know, and and the the the, the narrative that's been persisting, you know, throughout the fantasy industry has been, well, you know, there's no camp, so all these rookies, you know, got to fade them. Every rookie fade them, and there's just been this huge rookie fade, you know, except for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, of course. But other than that, mm-hmm. rookie fade. And I would just basically say to you, I think that that's probably just as not correct as it is correct. Yeah, they're losing camp, but so aren't the veterans. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the veterans are losing camp. That's kind of when they assert their dominance. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I played football. And during that during that doubles, whoever, you know, is like, man, he is the fucking starter. You look over, you're like, that dude starts because Mm -hmm. he beat my ass out, you know. But now you got C.D. Lamb showing up. He's like looking over at michael gallup like bitch that's my i'm, I'm as yeah, good as right. you for sure I'm, I'm wearing 88 for a reason I, yeah i am playing <laughs> no. and so needless to say i am a huge cd lamb fan i think he's going to be a dog so I, of course i pick him every time because i think i'm 90 percent uh uh invested in him in best ball which i think right. is funny uh, yeah. but just because, come on, you know, he's there every time. I'm like, there he is, CD fucking Lamb. Um, but, you know, so CD and, and, and all these guys, but Jalen Rager, he's going to get opportunity. I mean, all these all these rookies, I think, maybe we see more of them. You know, I, um, I, I'm just I, saying it's still a coin flip to me. I had, a, uh, I had a, a, a converse take on that as well. I think that we're disregarding the, the ability of the coaches to adapt to the situation as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you mentioned Rager and, and guys like that who can get massive chunks of yards after the catch. If you don't think that Doug Peterson and <laughs> Shanahan and guys like that can tailor plays to get the ball into the hands of those playmakers, you're a little bit crazy. And yes, the playbooks, sure. for these teams are, are probably gnarly, but if there is a shortened camp, it stands to reason that they'll make it a little more easier for everyone. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it progressively get consumed and get bigger over the course of the season. I yes. mean, mm-hmm. you know, the players and the coaches are going to adapt. So I do think that, that there are going to be some rookies that struggle. Denzel Mims is not a guy I want to invest in. That's with a product Adam of the coaching Casey staff. Yeah, that tried to teach him. But I'm all over Jalen. I love Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson still. Yeah. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, those those mm-hmm. are guys that I want. CD, I, I'm all over them. I mean, I don't have an issue taking any of those guys because the opportunity is there. Especially in redraft. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we look at last year and a lot of the, the late round, um, you know, Ebo. Yeah, the the late round uh, wide receivers that won that won leagues for people. AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. You know these guys were dope. Um, you know, and so I'm not saying that you should be just overweight in rookies, but I think they possess some asymmetrical upside that other mm-hmm. guys in those. You know, 
everybody's talking about Jamison Crowder. I love Jamison Crowder. Yeah, he's going to get you targets, and but you know what he's going to have is seven, six yards per target, seven yards per target, and three touchdowns. That's what he's going to have. Seven for 42. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's not going to do what C.D. Lamb might do or Jalen Rager totally. might do. Granted, yeah. at the end of the year, yes, you may say, look, oh, yeah, wow, Jamison Crowder had 800 yards and Jalen Rager only had 700. Yeah, that's possible. I grant you that. You know, if I'm projecting, I'm going to say, well, it's probably more likely that he gets For to sure. 800. But if I'm betting on who's getting to 1,200, it's a 0% chance that, that mm-hmm. Crowder is and a whatever, 10, 13% chance that Rager is. Yeah. 0% for one, 13 for the other. So you're betting on upside. And late in a draft, I'm swinging for upside anyway because if for not, sure. I'm going to just drop the how, – how long are you going to hold on to Crowder as your wide receiver five? To make sure totally. for the bye weeks, fuck that. And, There'll be a guy just like him the, somewhere on the waiver wire. And, mm-hmm. and that's the key point is that you're getting a, a, an Ayuk or a Rager as your wide receiver five. Great. So you can, so you can wait because you have Allen Robinson and Stephon Diggs and, yeah. and guys like that ahead of them. Yes. Whereas you know, Jay, you might look and say, well, they had the same number of yards, but Rager may have gotten seventy percent of his yards in the second half of the season. Bingo. So now exactly. he's, he's been a flex guy for you the whole second half of the exactly. year. Exactly. Jamison Crowder. He hasn't still done seven for 42. Four. Yeah. Right. He's still getting seven. <laughs> like a metronome so. gives you yeah. seven points a game. Totally. I and agree I with that. Yeah. But when you're drafting late and you want you, – you, I'm taking the risk on the guy that's that, that has a better chance to, to shoot the moon than the guy that's just going to be consistently flopping around for nine, six points every week. Right. The guy that is going to be readily available on the waiver wire in week four. It may not be the same guy. It's not going to be Jamison Crowder. It's going to be insert player name who is exactly the same as Jamison Crowder available on your waiver wire. That's going to be – I don't even know who it is yet. We don't probably, know who it is. Probably Russell, Russell Gage. Gage. Right. Yeah. Somebody. Right. Somebody. <laughs> Scotty Miller is going to be like, oh, look, Scotty Miller gets five catches a game. Oh, great. You know, for yeah. whatever. Nurse goes down week four. It's all Russell Gage season, baby. <laughs> that's awesome fellas right on so i think uh i think we've covered enough covid um that little blanket that's forever. hanging over for, yeah for sure dude, for sure i agree i uh yeah we're we're just thinking positive for the nfl season we're hoping that they do it right and keep those players safe uh but we're gonna move on fellas to uh the meat and potato section of our our episode tonight this is um a little game that i'm calling who's the guy uh, so it's actually Stoner. It's inspired by one of your tweets, and uh, I was, I yeah, we were talking. Uh, yeah, we uh, people should not be reading that tweet. They should definitely not be. They should definitely not be remembering them. Well, yeah, uh, this is the only one that I've ever read of yours. I scroll past every other one, so you're safe there. Uh, but uh, call, you, you shared call. you shared a tweet a while back about uh, about calling these committee backfields a tandem backfield, and I think. I think that was really fitting to me just because of the way that we're seeing backfields evolve and the word committee just doesn't properly necessarily describe it to me. So uh, real quick before we get into it, why don't you talk about what you're meaning behind uh, or the reasoning why you wanted that? Yeah, I'm starting to hate the term committee because it it sounds like a group of people that you're, (laughs) you're looking to find you're looking to find someone to stand out and take over the job. You know, like closer by committee in baseball is. I haven't decided who is going to close these games, but I'm hoping somebody steps up and does it. So mm-hmm. there is a there is a, a running back by committee group in the NFL, I'm sure. 
but I, I, I know tandem is generally considered two people, but I like tandem backfield because, because Smart I guy, mean, this stoner, you know, there's, there's, well, there's sometimes there's some backfields like the Niners right now have three players right. that you consider. So, I mean, I'm using the term tandem a little bit loosely, which everybody does in fantasy. They always make up their own terms. Like, I don't know, positive regression. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, let's, stop not, it, let's not go there. Let's I don't want to go there. That that. Episode. Yeah. Anyway, we ain't got time I for think, that. I think a tandem backfield is, I mean, these guys were specifically selected to play a role. So mm-hmm. rather than calling a committee seems like a bunch of Jags, right? Just, mm-hmm. just a bunch of guys. I think a, a tandem backfield is a legitimate set of, of people sure. that have a, a designated role. And a tandem backfield is, is a worthwhile investment in fantasy, whereas that committee definitely might not be. Yeah, it's a little scarier to own those quote-unquote committees as opposed to the tandems. And I think of a place like Chicago, like I may have some feelings either which way on those guys, but that is a tandem backfield because both of those guys are there to play a specific role and work in tandem of each other. So I really liked that you you pulled that out. Another, another little piece there, just kind of a minor thing, is in writing, I totally enjoy using as a tandem more than I like to have to abbreviate to RBBC. I just think it looks cleaner in the writing, in the writing process. Um, So that was another reason was aesthetics of the word itself myself. So uh, maybe that's why it stuck with me. Here to help help change the game all over. Yeah, no doubt. You You changed my writing forever. Stoner gave some long answer, but really it was just high on the couch and tweeted that shit. (laughs) Literally. 90% Ninety percent of my tweets. The other, uh, I'm sitting on a toilet. <laughs> Dude, living living in British Columbia, I was probably sitting Hi, on my couch in the same space as Stoner was. So that's why it connected with me. So uh, five on that level, you're definitely doing something. That yeah, doing. man. All right, so let's so, hit up these. Let's let's hear about totally, them. I'm man. So totally, yeah. There's a uh, there's a few that I've selected here, so we're just gonna go through them because these are some of the guys that every year crop up towards the end of the season and can be league winners. So, uh, luckily, I have a couple of stud analysts along with me to let the listeners know who's the guy. So we're gonna start with uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I gotta grab a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I need You've got a pen straight. right in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start with uh with a tandem, and this may be more of a tandem you alluded to, Stoner, uh, that is near and dear to you guys, and that would be in San Francisco, because from what I hear, you're not supposed to call them San Fran. Um, in San Francisco, we're gonna talk about uh, Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. Um, so Raheem Mostert. Uh, ADP of running back 26 right now had the huge hype train asked for a trade, but then he got what he was looking for with a little more cash money. Um, and, and, you know, people are loving Raheem Mostert as one of those, um, you know, dependable running back two types. And then you've got Tevin Coleman, who I personally think is probably getting pooped on a little bit too much at running back 42 ADP. Um, his, I, I kind of feel like he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm in any of these offenses, aside from that one year with Shani in Atlanta. Garbage, well, yeah, and he gets hurt, but he has shown some efficiency <laughs> in the past. <laughs> wow. I guess we know where I'm leading. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So why don't we uh, save that uh, that mystery box answer from you, Stoner, and we'll go to Jax first. Oh, uh, Jax, sure. If you're, uh, right ahead. I'm always ready. If you're looking at Moster and Coleman, who's the guy for you to own? Like, are you are you willing to pay up for Raheem the Dream or what? Jarek McKinnon. Nice. 
Yes. I thought that was going to come. I knew somebody was tossing it out there. <laughs> oh, that felt so good. Already? Already that felt start? so good. Bring i got to be honest. Wow. <laughs> it's like a release. What To say it out loud, it's been two and a half years or some crazy thing since I've been able to utter this guy's name. And, you know, yeah, I was a little bit into him when he signed in in, uh, in, in San Francisco for, for reasons illustrated by Raheem effing Mostert. Uh, yep. a, a guy who was a nobody, you know, was he cut from eight teams in the last six years or something? I mean, he's just been the, you know, the, the, the bong at the party, man. He's just been passed around. And, um, you know, so, so at the end of the day, I'm afraid to invest in Mostert at his cost, right? Mm-hmm. He might actually lead that backfield. It's very possible. He looked really good, obviously. He was very efficient. You know, him and Aaron Jones are basically the two most efficient running backs in the NFL last year. So, you know, you can't take that away from him, and I'm not. But he's also very expensive, and I'm not sure. And just like the tandem backfield is something that we're just not sure in some of these cases. I think some of, you know, we just don't know. Um, For the most part, we kind of know on a lot of backfields what's going to happen. So for me, it's kind of like the old Patriots rule, take the cheapest one. Mm -hmm. Um, Jarek's sitting there. They could. Here's the thing. All right, I'll give you my Jarek McKinnon take in two seconds. Raheem Mostert asked for a trade. Right. He said, mm-hmm. if you don't pay me, trade me. And they said, all right, well, the door is over there, young man. You can just walk the fuck out and see you later. We're good. We don't need you. Right. They told him to sit down and be quiet. And he was like, oh, shit. And that's mm-hmm. so they clearly aren't like worried if he is somewhere else. It's fine. Jarek McKinnon, they could have easily let go. No, no, no problem. Mm-hmm. And they, they decided to keep him. Through the through the part of this contract where there's basically no no cap penalty to get rid of him, so they're paying him pretty good money to be there. Oh yeah. Um, follow the money. So I think they're excited to use their new toy. I think if he now can he stay healthy? Is yeah. he still good? There's a lot of questions on him too. Let's face it. I am not sitting here saying it's Jarek McKinnon for sure. I'm saying it's maybe Jarek McKinnon is all I'm yeah. saying, and it maybe it's most or maybe it's Coleman. Maybe it's all three, which it probably is. The real answer is that the San Francisco also had the least amount of games with a with a with a with a running back over 70 percent share. So they were just basically always in the 50, 60 percent share uh, of running back touches. I think that continues this year. Ride the hot hand, the healthy guy. Uh, this guy gets banged up. He's seeing two or three carries next week and you're getting 12. So I think that's what we're going to see. And for me, I might as well take the cheap one. And that's McKinnon. Mm-hmm. All right, Stoner, I think there's a little bit of steam coming out of your ears. you want to uh, tell us your feelings no, on that I tandem mean, backfield? No, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, most starts, most are going to – Raheem's going to be the guy who I think gets the majority of the touches in the backfield. Kevin Coleman can't stay healthy. The offense looked completely different when Raheem played last year. And, yeah, I know he put up a little stink, but we all know that was just for show. Uh, but I do agree with – McKinnon having a role. I don't think it starts early. I think at some point, Kevin, at some point, one of those two running backs is going to get hurt. And that's going to lead to McKinnon getting a larger piece of the pie, mm-hmm. unless for some reason Jeff Wilson fucking snags it, but I don't see that. And then if McKinnon goes down, you know, they've got another rookie with some speed. That can catch the ball and fucking Jeff Michaels. So 
They're going to be okay, dude. They they just Shanahan pumps in players in that mm-hmm. backfield. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm just this just in. Uh, just a quick question here, Stoner. Uh, looks like here there's a lot of numbers here. A lot of them are the same number, but um, it looks like Mostert was in the league since 2015. Uh, last year he had 137 carries. Do you know how many touches or carries he had that the most in his career before then? It was less than that combined, probably. I yeah. Mean, I see yeah. a lot of zeros is what I was trying yeah. to find a positive integer. I, I got that one, Jax. I got that one before, <laughs> but I, before I, last I, season. Okay. Hold on, uh, listen, Raheem, listen. Mostert, Raheem Mostert had 41 career touches before last season. I mean, so, to hang, look, all I'm saying is to hang your I, hat on that guy ever is I, not doing it correctly. I didn't say Fantasy that. people do not do it. He may be awesome. It's possible. Okay. I said that he was going to lead the backfield. Mm-hmm. I am not buying him at his price right now as a running back too. Mm-hmm. But if he's lingering around and I snag him as, as a running back three, I, I'm much more yeah. content with that. I'm with you. And, and yeah. a best buy, as best buy, he's, he's a, a great snag. Look, if everybody there. listens to the advice and lets him slide, then I'll be happy to – you know, be his his landing yeah. parachute, but that's it. Where people stop drafting Raheem because he's too rich right now. Let him slide a little bit so I can get him as my RB3. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm not drafting him as my RB2. I'm not, For sure. I'm not confident in that at all. I think you'll sense a theme from me. Like I will, whenever there's uncertainty, I want to get value because for me, it's also, I can have Tevin Coleman and DJ Chark, or I can mm-hmm. have, you know, Raheem Mostert and whatever, you know, bad wide receiver. I, I still got a 50-50 chance of having the right guy, but sure. I have a better, right, uh, uh, Jamison Crowder, right? But I have a better <laughs> chance of having the, the, the good player with the, with the 50-50. I got the coin flip either way. Just give mm-hmm. me the cheaper side of the flip, you know? Totally. And that's how you win in fantasy football is consistently taking the value. That's it. Raheem and C.D. Lamb. Or do you want DJ Chark and Tevin Coleman? Well, I'll take CD right after Chark. <laughs> I mean, if you look at my rankings, he's off the board and you know it. <laughs> That's awesome, Phil. Yeah, I, I like what you guys said there for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't deny what Raheem Mostert did last year. I got some efficiency numbers here from what he did. And I do think a, a bit of this is a product of that Shanahan offense because we know how he turns through running backs and any of these guys can produce in that offense. He had, uh, you know, the 10 touchdowns was super nice. 10 total touchdowns is great. He had the fourth most yards per touch at 6.3 and his explosive play percentage was 17%, which was the most of any running back with 150 touches. Um, And so that's uh, plays or running plays of over 10 yards. And the funny thing about that is that kind of alludes to the Shanahan offense is that the season before that, Matt Breida was number one in the league with the exact same 17% explosive run play. So um, just like we'll you, Jack, it's too. really, it's, uh, yeah, it's really that sounds hard like to a leader to the next backfield. Oh, uh, actually, I think I might have to, I might have to switch our order up because I messed up on that, but I think Jax, you led that in so well. So I think, yeah, for me, I'd still, I think there is going to be a third and I do actually like Jeff Wilson as a super late flyer at the end of my bench because, I don't know, Jeff Wilson showed in a super limited sample size that he can get it done in this offense too. And that's just another another tip in uh, a feather in Shanny's cap, let's say. So I think there's going to be a little bit to shake out. 
And I'm with Jax. If I'm going with any of them, I'm going to get Tevin Coleman and probably scoop up Jet McKinnon a little bit later and just kind of hope for the best because they're. Could they're you imagine if they invested in a dude like a Kareem Hunt in that offense? That'd be stinky, man. It'd be tough, too, because I don't think that Shanny's. I'm a, I'm a ever gonna, I'm I don't think he's ever going to give somebody the full workload, right? But like he's got a type, too. And, and Hunt's not really that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's not a. He's not the opposite of that, but really he You're wants right. those, those slashers. I mean, look at, look at Mostert. What does he do? He's not really shifty. He's just really quick. And, yeah. and look that outside stretch zone, they get him to the edge and they, Hey, goes you know, fi- put the foot in the ground and go. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and Jet McKinnon was that guy. Um, Mostert was that guy. Tevin Coleman is, is a slasher. So guy. I think they're looking for a slasher. One guy who is a slasher that you didn't mention, you mes- mentioned Wilson is J Michael hasty, yeah. you know, and I think that kid actually has, a little bit of Matt Breida I did say to him. You, Michael. You did. Yeah. yeah I, I mentioned mean, him. I yeah. mentioned him. Look, you know, and, and, and here's the thing is like, that's a guy to keep your eye on. Like if we're talking regular fantasy football, just, you know, what, uh, 16, you know, uh, rounds, like, you know, yeah. none of these guys, McKinnon, Wilson and hasty are, are not drafted. So sure. you're, you, I mean, you're just crazy. You, so you're really just monitoring waiver now, deeper leagues, dynasty leagues and, and other leagues. You're looking at those guys. Those are guys that I think uh, if they're cheap, you definitely want to pick them up because they do have the opportunity to be – they have a shot at being mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert this year. There's just no doubt. Totally. I mean, totally. would you say without equivocation that Raheem Mostert is a better football player than J. Michael Hasty? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it super confidently. How? But, right? Like he's, shown, he's shown us in but, production, but not necessarily – like who knows? Who right? knows? Talent level aside, you also have a guy who hasn't played football in two years in McKinnon yeah. and a guy in Evan Coleman that is consistently getting hurt and missing time. So yeah. all of a sudden, Hasty could become a backup by the right. eighth, by, by midway through the season. Mm-hmm. And Very possible. that backup role in San Francisco is a flex play some weeks. Yeah, sure. I mean, let's put it this way. Hasty is an injury away from an injury away from an injury away to being an injury away. And that's pretty good. Totally. That's I'm, a lot. Get hurt on my team. So let's not. No. that. Oh, go ahead. Trav. I'm sorry. <laughs> of people going down in front of him is fucking very possible with those sure. two guys. Oh, they're actually stoner. Hold on. Wait, I'm getting a little something. There is actually an update breaking news out of San Francisco. There has been an injury. Uh, Jordan Reed just fell down the stairs and has a 10th concussion. So just a quick update there. It's not a joke about concussions. Let's say he pulled a hamstring. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay I'm sorry. fair, fair. I actually yeah. feel bad for him. I, I'm pulling for that dude. He was such a fun player. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that he should ever play again. Um, I'd love to see him on TV or whatever. God bless him because he needs, you know. I'm very worried about that uh, head situation, yeah, head trauma. Mm-hmm. If he is – is if he is healthy and has you know a role a short yardage third down role he could be a great piece for that team if he stays whole mm-hmm. i just don't All see right. it happen that's no, not happening see him before it even if i can get down to him making contact with anyone yeah i'm not there with jordan reed yet either so no. uh boys i'm gonna fly right off of Jax's uh wicked segue there into matt Breida and jordan howard in miami so howard um, he's drafted as a running back 39 right now. 
Uh, he's been a consistent yardage compiler, uh, not a pass catcher. He definitely does have bricks for hands. And then you got Matt Breida, who is, uh, to me, he's a big play machine. There's definitely some untapped upside, and he's he's got the durability and consistency issues that go along with Matt Breida. So, uh, Stoner, where are you sitting? We've got Howard as running back 39, and Matt Breida is being drafted as running back 33 or 43. Sorry. Uh, so, who who's the guy for you in that tandem backfield? Uh, Jordan Howard is the guy for me in that backfield. I've been I've been touting his praises pretty much all offseason, and I think people were sleeping on him early and started jumping on him recently. But um, I, I think Howard is a consistent player. He got hurt last year, but if you look at his numbers, he's he's going to score six touchdowns if he plays all season. He's going to get you a solid number of yards. So if you're getting him as running back 39, He's a potential, you know, RB three four for sure. Like that's a that's a fantastic, fantastic fourth running back to have on your team, in my opinion. A guy that you know is going to have a role in that offense. And let's be honest, even in a dynasty league, he's a great get. He's only twenty five. Mm-hmm. He still has a lot, a lot, and a lot of gas left in the tank. So I, I do like Breda. I'm not against him. Like you said, he is a big play machine, but. I'm going to go with the consistency and solidify my running back room by taking Jordan Howard and not risking it with Matt Breda. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be an interesting offense to see unfold this year. There's a lot of transition in Miami. Um, we don't know when two is going to start. They actually have competent running backs this year, which is kind of nice to look at. Um, Jack's James Daly loves to run that play action stuff. And Jordan Jordan Howard is the perfect dude for that offense. <laughs> he's he's so had he's some decent offenses for sure. Yeah. Jax, who's the guy? So what's the number one rule in fantasy football? Draft, draft running backs. That's a good one. But draft running backs on good teams. Mm-hmm. So the answer to this question is a trick question because it's absolutely neither. You need to not. Be, you need to not be drafting either one of these guys because there wasn't an option. Jack. It's neither one. It's neither one. And really, you let them fall and you let them fall and you let them fall and you let them fall. And if you have all sorts of other things there, and the rest of your league has kind of punted these guys too. You still take the cheapest one. You just take the cheapest one, the latest possible. You do not ever draft up for a bad, a, a, a marginal running back. I'm not going to call them both bad. I actually like Breida better than Howard, but not enough to to, to plant my flag here in terms of mm-hmm. who's going to outproduce who. If I were running that team, I would have Breida playing more downs than Howard. I would have Howard getting a lot of empty carries. You know, the ones where they have to pound it up the middle just to, you know. Do that. I mean, that's it. But, you know, if I'm asking someone to get to the edge, if I'm asking someone to catch a pass, if I'm asking someone to get a valuable uh, touch in, in the NFL, it's Breida, not Howard. So I'm going to take Breida, especially because he's cheaper, but it's going to have to be late and it's going to have to be later than his ADP. I'm going to have to get a value right. on him because I don't believe in this team. I don't think they're going to win games. I think they're going to be a train wreck. They just lost two receivers. They didn't have two receivers. So now they only have <laughs> one receiver and Preston Williams, who's dope, coming off an ACL and pushed off a bridge, Mike Gusecki. I mean, I am out. The offensive line is terrible. The defense isn't going to be good. The coaching is outstanding, and they're I mean, building it, for the future. But this is going to be a dump truck team, and I want no part of the it possible? Is it possible that we see both of them getting a lot of time on the field together, seeing as, like you just said, they don't have receivers, and Breda can catch the ball. 
Maybe he's maybe they, he's maybe they will play together. Maybe spot. they will play together. You know, Jordan Howard could play linebacker and Brita could play corner. <laughs> <laughs> I said Jordan Howard would be the guard, right? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Oh man, yeah, no, that's that's going to be interesting. Like that one's a tricky one, Stoner, because you have to assume rational what coaching that on that their one. Right? ADP if if uh, if they're playing both sides of the ball, like, that's got to make Paul Horning or something. Save, save it for the yeah. IDP podcast, Fantasy Stoner. Come on, <laughs> save it for are, the are, IDP. Hold on, podcast. are we getting points for tackles? Are we getting points for tackles? Because <laughs> I'll take Jordan Howard as an RB three then. <laughs> yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be tackling guys on Ryan Fitzpatrick's turnovers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think you guys kind of wrap those guys in a pretty bow there. I think, um, Jax, I totally see what you're saying about not taking running backs on bad teams, and maybe I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. But at these prices, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a shot on both and sticking with the guy who sticks. I think it's it's ugly, and you have to be well positioned. Um, at the top of your depth chart if you're going to do something like that. But I think that's something I would probably entertain. Uh, I do lean more Breida. I've always loved Matt Breida. He, that first year that he came on strong, he was on one of my teams and I've just loved him ever since. Um, but I think it's going to be tricky for him because in his career, he's been a little bit snake bitten as far as touchdowns. He's averaged only three per year, uh, capping out at five in one season, which isn't like anything to write home, home to mom about. And How I think many touchdowns do you think Miami's going to score on the ground? Probably five. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know how? Hey, Stoner. Do you know who Ryan Fitzpatrick? Hey, do you know who the worst team was last year in um, in rushing yards? Wild guess. The Dolphins. Do you know who? This is amazing. You're gonna be really good at this game, I think. Ryan you know, Fitzpatrick. Do you know which team had the lowest yards per carry in the NFL last year? Uh, Kellen Balaj. I mean, the Miami no, Dolphins. That's right. I I think if you take Kellen Balaj out. They were still bottom two or three. <laughs> Obviously, Balage. I I'm mean, not... he's a contributor. But, you know, they had the fewest rushing attempts or second fewest, fewest yards. They had almost a third of the yards of Baltimore. Baltimore had like mm-hmm. 3,200, 3,300. They had 1,100 total rushing yards across their team. It's not a, com- it's not a competition here, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> You're pulling out our dicks here, guys? Is this like a it's fucking not a competition contest I mean, how far you run in the NFL. Look, no, man, it's just a – I mean, I'm, just, not, I'm not – Everybody gets I'm a present. I'm not investing – I'm not investing all my money in Jordan Howard, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to take Jordan Howard over Matt Breida. All I'm saying is, is if they if they rush for what a, just over a thousand yards as a as a team, 1100. Let's give them 1100 straight up. Uh, how much are they going to get this year? Like, what is their increase? They're so much better. I don't know. They're better, I guess. Okay, 1300. So split that up. I don't know, man. That's Six seven hundred yards a pop, maybe. Uh, with other guys and quarterbacks and whatnot. That was as a team. That wasn't running back production. That was just team rushing production. So uh, for me, you know, Jakeem Grant's going to have 200 yards rushing. Am I right? (laughs) Most likely, most likely. And I think it's kind of your classic case of the banger who's going to get the red zone work and uh, the big play guy who's going to get the time. Of course he's going to trash anybody in that division. (laughs) Fair enough. Let's Let's ask him about Zach Moss. (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, Stoner, we're moving right on with that one because the next tandem backfield that we are oh, talking about. Look what I just did. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Boom. It's like you read, read the, the fucking show sheet, show sheet or something. Never saw it. <laughs> Never saw it. Just the- oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the Buffalo Bills backfield. I know Zach Moss, um, to shout out an Undroppables member, term has been all over Zach Moss. He loves him some Zach Moss. I know that for a fact. And he is stuck firm on that. And I respect that about term is if he's got a take, he's going to stick to it. Um, and he's held firm on the Zach Moss love. And I definitely see a lot to like there. We also saw a lot to like out of Devin Singletary, though. So the Zach Moss draft pick was a little bit of a gut punch for us people who own Devin Singletary, especially in Dynasty Leagues. Um, so why don't we flip it to uh, Stoner? Why don't you give me your take since you mentioned Zach Moss? Uh, who's the guy? I'll give you the ADPs here. Zach Moss running back 47. Devin Singletary running back 21, boys. Woo! Yeah, that's I'm not taking Devin Singletary yeah. as my running back, too. Um, I, I think that Zach Moss is going to score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to lead the backfield. I like Singletary. I don't hate him. He's tough, but he's getting, that's way too early for me. I mean, if we're just yeah. looking at you, I'll take a chance on the rookie later as a fucking running back five. He may, he may be a flex play halfway through the year when he starts pounding in pounds. And you know, stealing all the fucking all the red zone touches from from Devin Singletary, he'll carry him in his pocket. It's the only way Singletary will score touchdowns. But I'll let I'll let I'll let Jack I'll let Jack move. I'm sure he's got a Devin Singletary being carried in a kangaroo pouch of Zach Moss jokes somewhere. <laughs> Look, it's unfair oh. for you to joke about it. It's unfair for you to joke about it. <laughs> unfair because i have some inside information i have sources i have sources and i'm here to tell you there's some breaking news this is i'm you know this is another bit of breaking news on your podcast that zach moss and devin singletary actually have become really close friends and every single time in these meetings they're zooming it doesn't even matter they even when they're, they're zooming what what they do is that Zach Moss lets Devin Singletary sit up on his lap so he can see the whiteboard. And that's just their bond. They're bonding. Look, Devin Singletary showers in the sink right next to his, his locker room. Uh, you know, and, and that's been a big bonding thing. They, they're right next to one another like that. And so lots of cool things have been happening with those two guys. But listen, here's the thing. You Zach said Moss has been, Zach Moss has been reading God. his Dr. Seuss stories before bed. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he tucks, one he fish, tucks him in the top fish. drawer of his dresser. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, oh, I don't even God. know how. I don't even know how this started. This talk <laughs> about there was a, actually there was one unfortunate thing about this joking thing was that one at the practice camp just opened and um, one of the punters accidentally punted Devin Singletary, thinking he was just a football. But that's the only negative thing that happened. I mean. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Hey, listen, you said Devin Singletary was RB20 and yeah. that Zach Moss was RB47, which is an atrocity. It's just an atrocity. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been <clears throat> loud and proud about Zach Moss, and I'm not even in love with Zach Moss. You know, terms in love with him. I, I, I turn the corner on Zach Moss a little bit, but for me, I just that's another coin flip. You know, if I look mm-hmm. at them as prospect profiles – I like Zach Moss a little bit better than Devin Singletary. Yeah. Close. All right, a little bit better as a prospect. As a matter of fact, I have him like I think one spot ahead, Zach Moss Singletary in Dynasty, which probably nobody in the world does, but I do. But what what I do have is I have Singletary as RB30 
and right. uh, Moss as RB34 in redraft. So I do have Singletary ahead. I just think it's a coin flip, maybe a 60-40. I want to I want to I don't want to spend up on that because it might not go the way I want it to. So I have them very close, almost back to back in the rankings, which means I never get Singletary and I always get Moss. For sure. So because of that reason, because I think that they are their their ADPs should be converging right around that 30-35 range means that I never get one and always get the other. So I've had to come out and say I love them and all these silly jokes. But the fact of the matter is I think they're very, very similar prospects. One is just king size. The other one is pocket size. That's the mm-hmm. only difference. Literally, if you look at their <laughs> – right? You know, one's – right? Family size. The other one is personal pan pizza, right? But other than that, they're the same. The similar athleticism. You know, mm-hmm. I will say – we look at college uh, production in the receiving game. Zach Moss was amazing. Yeah, unreal. I mean, he was. Yeah. He had an unbelievable target share, great yards per target. Yeah. And Devin Singletary had like 60 yards his senior year receiving. He had like six catches on For 16 sure. targets. So he wasn't even efficient somehow. I mean, so he was awful with no opportunity. I mean, just mm. terrible. And look, he was very good last year. I mean, he really was. He was very efficient. It's kind of like the Ronald Jones corollary. He was actually really efficient um, in Tampa uh, last year receiving the ball, but I still don't trust them as receivers. I'm not sure their teams do either. I think that Zach Moss might come in and take those high high value touches that I mentioned with Brita, the, sure. the, 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 the goal line stuff, the, the catches. You know, I think he's going to be a little bit more trusted on third down to block. He's a dope blocker i mean he's a really he's an outstanding football player I, I when i started to turn the corner first of all term turned me on to him but then i heard someone asked lance lance zerline they said who's going to be the better pro they said aj Dillon or zach moss and he went zach moss he goes he's nice. made for this he said he's mm-hmm. made for this and i thought whoa that's a guy just saying this guy is built to play nfl football like he's, without he's any jamal, he gives me jamal lewis vibes when I watch him play. And I, hmm, I don't yeah. know, Trav, if you're old enough for Jamal. Oh Lewis, yeah. I remember but. that. I remember that for sure. Uh, I think, I think I would see, I would see Zach Moss as maybe a little bit shiftier, probably a little bit smaller than Jamal Lewis, if I recall, yeah, and yeah. maybe a little bit more quickness, but yeah, I know what you mean though. Like he's, he's got some size like to him. Man. He's just yeah. built like a tank dude. And will run through you. I just, I love that in him. And, you know, the hope with Devin Singletary is that by the end of the year, he's, you know, tall enough to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl, you'd like to, for him to go on the ride to Disneyland. The fourth, I mean, they show up, the whole thing, I'm going to Disneyland, but I can't ride any of the rides. He has to put an addendum there. Yeah. That's not fair. Man, I'm glad Devin Singletary doesn't listen I, to this actually, podcast. The interesting thing I, I like Devin Singletary. Favorite the player, ride, you know what his favorite ride at Disneyland is, right? Is it the teacups? Oh, of course it's a small world. (laughs) My God. Oh, boys, that's great. Um, Yeah, I... I... first off i can't stop laughing but i can't uh, i can't disagree with you there i think uh, i think running back 21 is just way too high and we know that the rushing or the red zone rushing work is going to get eaten into by josh allen josh allen had the second most red zone carries on the team last year behind frank gore who um, obviously you don't want to put a player directly in another player's role but I think Zach Moss would probably have somewhat of a Frank Gore role. Um, and Frank Gore That's had over 150. Said, right? 
Right. And Frank Gore had over 150 carries last year and some high leverage work in the red zone. And I love what you said about Zach Moss's pass catching, because the reason I came around on Zach Moss is actually uh, my co-host Tyrell. So Ty McLaughlin can be followed at TNFF Tyrell. And he's a huge Zach Moss fan, like right up there, right up there with term from the start. Um, So I definitely got to give him that. And these kind of come from some of Ty's research here is that uh, almost a quarter of Zach Moss's receptions in college, and he had 66 of them, went for 50. 15 plus yards um so that's that's a lot that is a lot uh so he's a great pass catcher they, he's they don't he's, play defense in the pac 12 let's let's knock him down a few that's packs. fair that's no, fair but i mean still there's humans trying to tackle him right? tremendous. i mean what, what what conference did devin singletary even play in i don't even know that's florida atlantic i mean you know uh, look D2? he was he was look kareth white Go go look go look. Hey, Kareth White was more efficient in that offense than than Devin Singletary their their last year there. Now I'm not saying Kareth White is better. I'm just saying like there was opportunity to be that efficient sure. is what I'm saying, and he wasn't. And you know where Zach Moss. Hey, it's a little bit of a weaker. It's not the SEC, but I'll tell you, it's still. You know he might have been playing with a little bit of a disadvantage in Utah too. Mm-hmm. I went to USC. I'm allowed to talk shit about that. Yeah, you sure. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. And the only tricky piece and the thing that makes me shy away from this backfield is because, A, I wish Zach Moss was drafted into a place where um, he had a clearer path to the role. It looks like it is going to be split because that's what the Bills want to do. Clearly right over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right after he's done laying out his clothes in the morning. Right. right. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing to see because I do think Devin Singletary is going to get the targets. Surprisingly, he got 44 targets in a low running back target share uh, offense last year. So I think that's going to be where he can make his bread because I think um, that big carry workload evaporated with the draft pick of Zach Moss. So I like what you guys said on that one you guys ready to fly into our last one here it's a another uh california team oh boy uh yeah we are going to la la land and we're going to talk the los angeles rams uh, so it's like another another rookie sophomore conundrum, much like the one in Buffalo, actually. Uh, I think Akers and Henderson are in an offense that's more conducive to running back production. Um, maybe pop-off production, um, because there is production in Buffalo. But you got Cam Akers, who's drafted as the running back 29 right now, uh, coming out of a bad situation at Florida State, uh, going into a bad offensive line, but a good offense and a good coach in, in Sean McVay. And then you've got the running back 45 in ADP, Daryl Henderson. Uh, he barely got any work last year. I don't think we saw the full potential because he's got a lot of really, uh, really good college production on his resume as well. So, uh, Jax, why don't we start with you? Who's the guy in L.A. for the Rams? Oh, Stoner, you know exactly what I'm going to say, don't you? I mean, same answer. Yeah, we're going to give the same, same answer here. And so I'm going to steal some of his thunder. But this one is clear and, and not even close. Um, I was actually a pretty big Daryl Henderson fan coming out last year. I mean, I had him, what, top four or five in a shitty running back mm-hmm. class um, where really there was only two, but you know, so that was correct. There was only two, but, um, but it's acres, man. man acres is shaded Monty and nobody's even acknowledging it, but me. Oh, it's busy. <laughs> pour one out. Yeah. Um, I'm pouring that well, one he's out. A guy. He's a guy. Yeah. He's a guy. He's a guy. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but, um, but, but acres well, is just a guy. Acres, I think, is probably I'm as high on him as a prospect and a player as I could be. And the nice. only reason that I'm not even jumping, I would be hot taking his ass all over the place. But the only reason is that offensive line and the schedule. Those yeah. two things are holding me back. It is not 
anything else. It's the offensive line that just I don't know, man. It's it's very scary in that that um that schedule is tough. But I think Acres is elite. Um, I think he, to me there was four elite running backs, and I'll you know that that that's just what I saw. You know that's what I believe, and those are you know that uh, you know that's what I'm I'm saying. But I think Acres is flip a coin if he's as good as Swift or Dobbins or any of these guys. I think he's probably the second most talented running back in this class behind JT. So for me, I'm all in with Akers. I love it. I love him in Dynasty. I, I hope they can draft a, an offensive line around him. You, you know, where they drafted Van Jefferson, the very next pick was Ezra Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, man. how the hell did the Rams draft a 24-year-old nice. rookie slot receiver when they've got the best, the best slot, one I mean, in the league. The best yeah. one in the league. I mean, come on. The redundancy of that pick when they absolutely were dying in the desert for, for offensive linemen, and they just let Ezra Cleveland, who went the very next pick. It's like, I mean, unbelievable. so unbelievable. Which is ironic yeah, because I mean, they just that, took a second-round running back after taking a second-round running back the year before <laughs> as well. Like, it's it's, oh. it's wild drafting out there in, in L.A. But, uh, Stoner, go ahead. Who are you? It's obviously, yeah. you're taking Acres, uh, right? Yeah, I'm Team Akers. I mean, he broke Dalvin Cook's freshman fucking FSU record. I mean, granted, their offense was destroyed the last few years, and he still made some magic happen. And, you know, he's not going into the best situation in L.A., but these are also professional athletes rather than college kids. I mean, yeah, he's, they're going against professional defensive linemen, but I have to think that he's going into a better situation. Mm-hmm. He's a three down back. He, I think he's got good hands. I think he runs yeah. good routes. Yeah. Um, a nose for the end zone. He, I don't know. He seems like he's adaptable too. And, and that he can, I don't know, tweak his running style. And I think that comes from the last two years being at FSU, having to fucking find a way to Frankenstein a game together and figure it all out. So I mean, I think the struggles that he's gone through the last two years are only going to be a benefit. Um, yeah, the, I, I would hate to have to play the Niners defensive line a couple times a season. Totally. You know, Hawks aren't fun. And, you know, yeah, the schedule is going to be rough. He also, I, I'd be concerned about his ball, uh, his ball handling. He, he, he can, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but it just came out. Uh, he oh, tends boy. to shift the ball. You're not supposed a to smile when you wrong. say that. I just say, I mean, we're on. He's just got to cuff it. He's just got to cuff it. He hesitates, smiles, and then gives me a ball handling. I mean, yeah, come on. He's, he's just got a Cooper cup. Security is <laughs> Cooper probably, cup. yeah, get a Cooper cup the balls. Jared Goffin. Uh, <laughs> and that Goff. is the title he's of this Goff. episode. Okay. <laughs> you got a Cooper cup the balls. Yep. That's dumb. But yeah, Acres is the uh, answer, and you know what, Henderson could be that guy. But hey, I had, a, way, I had a question for you there, Stoner. You know how we were talking about how, uh, you know, what kind of a back would be really good in San Francisco? A guy who can slash. How about Daryl Henderson in San Francisco? That'd be all right. Well, he's the enemy right now. I know. In that offense, though, in that yeah. offense, man, he'd look legit. I think Shanny could make something happen True. for him, too. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to go much longer on this one. It's Acres for me, too. I think they just drafted him. Obviously, something about Henderson made them a little bit sour and not thinking that he can handle the load. And I think, you know, uh, like you said, Stoner, these are NFL players. And sure, um, it's a bad O-line, but he's used to playing with a bad O-line. So if they can even be just a smidgen better than they were last year, I think there is some opportunity. And we know he's probably going to end up getting that red zone work that Todd Gurley used to get. And that 
was the key yeah. to Todd Gurley's value, and that could be yeah. the key to Cam Akers' value. I agree. He's a good he's a good pass well, catcher he, too. You can you can hate golf all you want, but he's got Cooper Cup and he's got mm-hmm. Bobby Trees and he's got everyone's new favorite tight end Tyler Higby, even though they're sleeping <laughs> on Gerald Everett. Like you know, they have guys that golf can throw the ball to, so it's not like the teams can just stack the box on them and there's going to be eight dudes waiting to smash them. I mean, they do have offensive weapons, so I, I think he will have some game struggles. Um, but I think he's going to have some solid games, and the future, like Jack said, is super bright. This running back class I mentioned last night too. In 2021, we're going to think, "Damn, this this class is special, dude." Mm-hmm. With JT and and Swift, and I mean Clyde, of course. But yeah. I love Dobbins to be a top 12 to 15 back in 2021. Yeah. In my dynasty ball. running back 13. And then Acres and shit. If if Vaughn carves out a James White like role for a few years of Tom Brady and Moss carves out this role yeah. in Buffalo, like you know, let's not forget about Antonio Gibson and and the later round guys that that people mm. like too. I mean, totally. You know, this running back class is is going to be fun to see how they progress for sure. And mm-hmm. Acres, I think, definitely be one of the top guys. Totally, man. I'm somebody who kind of leans a little bit running back heavy in my approach to building a roster. So uh, that's the kind of stuff I like to see. Running backs to me are the sexiest position in fantasy. So um, that's why it's been a blast to talk about these guys with you guys. So guys, we got one more section. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, we talk enough about your man crush on George Kittle, the stoner. (laughs) He's extremely handsome and a great player. We get it. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I love George Kittle too. I'm with you. Brady is is a player and a human. I wasn't even talking about his look. I know, I know. Uh, He's Canadian. He can't do anything but compliment people. That's what he's built to do. Yeah, exactly. I say nice things. That's what I do. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to move right along to uh, our listener questions here, gentlemen. We got a few that came in. Uh, One of them is um, like a getting down to business serious one. And then the other three I got from some of our buddies that I thought were too funny to leave out. Uh, So the first one, we're going to do the serious one and get that one out of the way. Uh, This one is actually by uh, another fella who has a really good first name. It's it's Travis. Uh, so on Twitter, he goes by TRAV and his Twitter handle is at Benchmob21. So shout out to him. I believe he is a Canadian as well. So represent. Um, so Jax, let's start with you here. Could you answer some hypotheticals about why people are sleeping on Jarvis Landry? It doesn't have to be hypothetical because I've been sleeping on him a little bit too much probably in the past as well. And I think you know, he's unsexy in the fact that he's a target monster and, and doesn't really put up big plays, but he's been so good at that one thing that he's kind of won by attrition. And now all of a sudden you got a guy that is, um, I mean, he's just every single year he gets 120-plus targets every single year, and he's catching a high percentage of those, um, not for a ton of yards, and he'll sneak in some some high touchdown variants, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, he, he's just a He's just a heck of a good player, and... You know, for those who have been sleeping, probably shouldn't be, especially this year. I mean, Trav, you have uh, where's he going in uh, in uh, redraft? Do you have that handy or not? Uh, I do. Just give me one second. Yeah. So I mean, wide receiver twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I mean, like, oh, boom. Was it? Was that? No, I don't know. Was, he was so confident that I have to trust him. Oh no. Him. Oh no. I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's probably right, but he did not look. Um. So, but look at the end of the day, where he's going he is wide receiver twenty nine. Nice stoner. 
I may have, I mean, I, I am in the middle of a draft. So uh, like I, I may have recalled his total ADP and it was definitely a guess on, on the number, but I'm sure I saw it before and just, and I just recalled it. it. I, I think it speaks to his sage ways. Uh, you know, stoner is just magical. And I'm I think a found, I'm a found of useless information. Gentlemen. I've learned this. I've played Beautiful. it now a few leagues with him and I just watch him do things. And it's like the league just kind of comes to him. He doesn't, you know, he just, he's unbelievable. So, um, you know, but it's true. I think, you know, if I, if I can toot our horn real quickly, real quick, you know, the undroppables, if there's one thing that we do is we all are damn good players, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we kind of put ourselves through the grinder. We have, you know, um, uh, a 16 team league. We have a 12 team league. We have a number of leagues where we're, we're putting even the contributors who aren't really expected to talk about fantasy football. We make sure that they know what the hell they're doing and, you know, and we will roast them if they're not. And, and we'll, you know, Hey, it's, there, there are different the opinions, but, No fun some days, man. Right? <laughs> but, you know, I think that's that accountability and it's, we don't have group things. You know, I, we don't, man, we challenge <laughs> And I love that, too. I love that it's not all the same voice. You know, I love having, you know, different points of view. And and I'm able to learn from that. So it's a lot of fun. And Stoner is one hell of a dynasty fantasy football player and fantasy football player for that matter. But, you know, not just a guy talking about it. He will walk the walk. You put him in a league. He's right to go. Yeah, I just consume it all from everyone. I mean, you learn a lot from just being in those group chats. I can't tell you how much I've learned in two years. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, but don't, don't fade. Don't the fade. Amount. Jarvis Landry is is the answer. He's RB. Yeah. R twenty nine, and, and he, I have no problem reaching for him. I've reached for him a few times, especially in the mm-hmm. right league, because you know exactly what you're going to get. And so when yeah. I I actually will cue him up a little bit uh, this off season. I've done it so uh, much that I feel yeah. like he's undervalued in in every ADP. So I kind of cue him up, and and I want to make sure that I'm uh, if you know if he's going to be coming up this round, I'll take him late in that the round right before I, I want to lock him up because I think he's a great value there. And sometimes you, mm-hmm. you know, we all draft via ADP. We don't all draft by our rankings. I mean, yeah. you know, in other words, I, love, I don't have I to take when, Zach Moss at RB 34, you know what I'm right. saying? I have and roster there. construction too, right? I'm just not going to take him there. You don't have yeah. to, I can wait till RB 40 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I can wait for a few others to go because, and if someone reaches past me, you know, and, and takes him at RB 33, God bless you. But you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you don't have to reach for players that you're higher than consensus on. You just have to make sure you get them. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that with Jarvis Landry all off season. I'm surprised to say it. Cause I've been fading him uh, in the past. So, uh, I'm a convert there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trav, uh, T Rav. Yeah. T Rav 21. Yeah. I jumped. Dude. I jumped all over Landry and Scott Fishbowl as well. He's nice my, uh, I guess he's my third. I got Hopkins, Juju, and Landry would be my wide receiver three. And he just kept dropping, and it was one of those things. Like, I hadn't planned on him being there for me to take as my third receiver. For sure. But, I mean, do you take him, who is clearly a wide receiver, a top 30 receiver, or do you reach for a running back that might not help you as much? I incidentally Zach Moss later on. We so. have a very similar team. I have uh, Godwin, Juju, and then Keenan Allen fell to me the way that right. uh, Jarvis Landry fell to you. It was just like, Perfect. I guess I'll take Keenan Allen here in the seventh or eighth round or whatever it was. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. So it's the same type of thing. Yeah, you just find the value where it's at. Uh, you know, obviously the – Fishbowl is a little bit different than a regular draft because it's a uh, it's first of all it's a lot of sharks, a lot of great mm-hmm. competitors, but also the scoring system 
completely moves tight ends and quarterbacks way up. And so now you've got to, you, you can't just sit back and, you know, it's no 10, 12 team redraft league. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a hell of a, it's a gauntlet. Yeah, absolutely. I was in that league too, so. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jarvis Landry. I've got him on a bunch of teams. And just like you said, Stoner, as a wide receiver three on your roster, that's just easy money. I think for me, uh, the perception that people have as, as to why they're fading him is, a, the Stefanski offense is going to be lower passing volume. Uh, B, people are expecting the Odell surge, and they're kind of unsure as to whether Landry can uphold that value with Odell surging. And then it's the backfield and Kareem Hunt's target share as well. But I'm not necessarily worried about that stuff because yeah. I think Land- Landry's role is defined, and we've seen him used in a way more versatile way in Cleveland than we ever saw him used in Miami. And you yeah. can see that. Um, and I think Baker trusts him a lot, so I'm not too, too worried about he Jarvis. A, I think on, he was yeah. a wide receiver. Receiver one last year. He finished exactly. number twelve PPR, right? I mean, Baker likes that dude. He trusts him. I think he's big, like Jack said, play action, coming across the field and catching <laughs> some of those balls. I mean, Landry is that dude. I think some people are hesitant because of the injury as well. And now they're even freaking out more because he's starting on the pup. But yeah, all the talk is he's gonna play and be ready to go week one. So I'm I'm ready to plug him and play him consistently and confidently every week like i have for the last x number of years every yeah. time i can get them totally all right let's hear these funny ones yeah these funny we're just there's this is you know not much more fantasy we're just gonna get some laughs out of this one um i thought these were absolutely hilarious so we're gonna start with our buddy paulie that's uncle paulie the the fantasy community's favorite uncle you can find him at paulie's sleepers i told him that i call him that too for some reason i just feel like paulie is like the, the community's uncle that. Very criminal, and I should keep my children away from Uncle Polly. <laughs> Completely fair. <take laughs> I know. Uh, I know that's not Polly, though. So no, no, no. Tell no. me what Mr. Sleeper uh, has to say. Yeah, so he has a question for each of you, one separate. So Stoner, we're going to start with you. Uh, how much weed do you smoke on an average week? Um, that's a tough question. All of it. Yeah. Um, I would say it's probably seven to 10 grams in different forms. I mean, yeah, I, I, I haven't really kept track, but I would say, yeah, it's probably about that. Right around a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Zach, how about you, brother? Uh, you know, I got two kids, so I'm, I got to be high all the time just to make sure I tolerate that shit. So, you know, I, I, as much as possible, but I never have time for that because I'm always chasing them around. So it's really a, a conundrum for me, you know? Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've never even thought about it. I mean, you know, I just will say hey, that, you know, we, Stoner and I have been acting like weed is legal for our entire lives. So yeah, totally. Totally. I um, know. I know. I remember <laughs> that age. though. I remember that young age and, and totally. you had to take it. You had to take it when you can get it. It wasn't. But mine are older, so uh, it's fine now. Yeah, so I will say I will fun. say something yeah. interesting. In my opinion, is that like imagine this next generation. I mean, our introduction to to weed growing up was like it's a bad thing, and like mm-hmm. you're gonna get in trouble and arrested and all this other stuff. And you know, just say no. I mean, all these ridiculous things. Whereas now it's like you know, 
if you're a parent, you just go, oh, hey, we're going to stop by the supermarket and the weed store will be right home and the <laughs> kids come with you and shit. And like, you know, it's like picking up a six pack. They're going to their mm-hmm. introduction to it and their reality and assumptions around it are going to be totally different, which, of course, totally. is, is fantastic. It's, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, the, event, the eventual the eventual ultimate legality will be what leads to world peace. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Man. For sure. I'm a lightweight. I'm definitely a lightweight compared to where I once was. Uh, the kids factor too, Jax. I've got three. Um, so I'm more of like a low volume, steady baked no. kind of guy. Um, so I just, <laughs> I just keep it steady and I keep it low volume because I can't be getting wild baked anymore. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not the young man I once was, but it's always steady. It's always right, you steady. You can't be sitting there wondering what's going on when you got three kids. You kind of have to know what the hell's happening. So yeah, mm-hmm, fair. Yeah. Just Although look at Stoner, like, eh. and then back in. <laughs> They're resilient. Yeah, mine are I've, all five I've, and under, though. I've tried both sides, let's just say that. Oh, and, I've tried them yeah, both, too. <laughs> and they live. They survive. All right, Jax. Polly's question for you, and I know oh. you guys have uh, a common occupation, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Polly wants to know what your favorite all-time BMW is. Polly's. Polly's. Polly got a nice six-series Grand Coupe. That's a great car. It's a beautiful right. car. Um, you know, it's a tough question. I was giving it some thought and, you know, I mean, like, you know, right now, if you're just going to, if you're just going to give me a car and I get to have a brand new car it would be a, uh, you know, 2021 BMW M8 Grand Coupe. Mm, M series are nice. M8 competition Grand Coupe. I mean, just, you know, look up that car. If that doesn't do it for you, then I'm sorry. I don't know what it does, especially it's got the back seat for the kids so I can make it happen. But, you know, if you go back, like probably a 2001 7 series, 7, 740 IL, uh, you know, Sport was a great car, legendary car. It's worth nothing. You can pick them up for cheap, and it's kind of it's kind of appreciate now. So that's a good car to go buy if you're uh, if you're investing that's, in cars. That's you know, beautiful. Find a Cherry one. Nice. Yeah. And anybody who is in Jack's or Polly's area, if you're looking for a BMW, go and see these guys. <laughs> I have seen Polly's cards. Very nice, dude. He did he did a fantastic job choosing that one. Yeah. I would have get I would have guessed that Polly drives a slick beamer, so that's that's completely reasonable in my perception of Polly's life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, another one. This is a complete troll job from our buddy BZ. We love him. Oh yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing with this one. He said, "Jax, which rookie do you think could be a bust, and why? Is it Zach Moss?" Yeah, it, <laughs> just boo boo, shots fired. <laughs> He's just bitter. Oh, Stoner, just oh, wait, shot. buddy. He's just bitter about David Montgomery. That's the only reason he's he's shooting shots. You know, he's just hoping and praying that Jump Cut Monty is able to do something more than dance around behind the line this year and actually gain some yards and do something. That's he's literally praying. And it's possible. I mean, he might accelerate to what is the the, the fastest guy, 21, 22 miles an hour. He'll get yeah, up to 12, 13 miles an hour and <laughs> and fall forward for four or five yards of pop. It might happen. You know, look, with, with Zach Moss, he could fall in space. But he's got Saquon's size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The meme forever. I don't know if you saw this, Trav. Well, uh, ESPN during so the draft, the they had David team. Montgomery, um, and they said, like, the vision oh, of Marshall yeah. Falk, the best uh, Barry Sanders, this, and, you know, like Saquon Barkley's strength. You're like, get the fuck out of here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no I mean, 
absolute nonsense. So, but in any event, I mean, you know, of course it's a troll job by, uh, by BZ. He's the best (laughs) at it. He's fantastic. I mean, he is literally a laugh a minute. This dude is one of the funniest guys to be, be on online with because, you know, gift mastery or GIF, whatever the hell they're called. I don't know. I'm an old man. What do I know? But hard G to give. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gift, okay? Uh, he's a master. I mean, he just he, he just is so fucking funny. So he's great. Uh, and, and look, you know, at, at, at running back 34 in redraft, I'm not so sure Zach Moss is a thing either. So he's right. That's fair. Yeah, I totally agree with you that uh, David Montgomery but, never broke a tackle that he David ran away from Montgomery for sure. David Montgomery has the uh, – He's got the athleticism of Sony Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> right now. According to Sony's that graphic, he had it said too. And the speed of Mike Allstott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Stoner, this one's for you. So you're not getting off easy on this one either. Um, with the Andrew signing of George Kittle. With the George signing Kittle. of Jordan Reed, do you think George Kittle loses any value in 2020? <laughs> I'm going to say that's a, probably a quick answer. Answers no. Okay, and, and he this actually value. Yeah, he gets value. <laughs> well played, BZ. We love you, buddy. Um, this <laughs> other one was hilarious. Okay, so this is from our buddy AWL Sabermetrics. Oh, yeah. uh, let me just find the tweet here. Sorry, boys, I had it. I think he's an east coast prick like me i mean he's fantastic oh we love him he's funny man if anybody hasn't heard uh i call him all i just say awl spells all to me so i just call him all. <laughs> um but yeah his canadian accent is top freaking notch man i love when he ta- drops those canadian accent videos in the group chat um so for stoner he says what color is a mirror <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> question <laughs> i have an answer on this one actually the answer, there's actually two answers to that question. Hit me. Oh, a perfect is... mirror, I think, is considered to be white because it reflects all color. Okay. But I think, I think most mirrors are green. Somehow or another, they're green. And I don't know the science behind it. Of course you think they're green. They're not yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that mirrors are green or uh, white. Stoner walks around seeing green everywhere. So mirrors are green, cows are green, zebras yeah. are green, you know, refrigerators are green, everything. <laughs> I hate that it's green is the eagles. I mean, <laughs> see, <laughs> Stoner. <laughs> hey, can I answer his question? Is, Please. is it black? Is it black because you take a piece of glass, you paint the back black, you got a mirror? Okay. <laughs> see, I think. I think it's silver because I think it's like a really reflective silver piece behind glass is my opinion of a, of a mirror. And so I think like, you know, you walk past some foil and you can kind of see a little bit of a reflection. It's like, a super, color foil it's was. like a 1080p version of that. You know what I mean? If you walk That's past a, a, a foil, when have you walked past foil? <laughs> this thing is off the rails walking past. Think about like air ducts or something like that. <laughs> I've been seeing a little bit of green too, boys. So cut me some slack here, okay? Um, also, when I'm looking in the mirror, it's always rose colored. Because you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're Canadian, or because you're good looking? Because I'm one? beautiful. Uh, okay. uh, no, because I'm Canadian. I'll take that one for sure. Well, hold on, but why are your mirrors made of uh, empty soda cans? Uh, <laughs> reduce, reuse, and recycle. Duh. <laughs> uh. 
point. Okay. And Jax, the last question from our buddy uh, All, and he is at AWL Sabermetrics. Jax. And doesn't he have a first name? Don't say it. (laughs) Jax. Right? It is, yes. Uh, Is cereal a soup this might be the most disgusting take i've ever heard or disgusting listener question i've ever heard is cereal a soup i mean i've been given this a lot of thought and if you if you eat your cereal with like bone broth then yes (laughs) okay so it's not a soup then is what it might be a soup but i'm saying i don't know you're gonna have to give me more information (laughs) this guy left a lot to be desired i mean it's all cereal no cereal in its purest form is like a grain. It's fucking cereal, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, he's obviously assuming that we're putting it in some liquid and it's going to be a soup-like product. But right. he hasn't told me how no. he does it. Does he put uh, sugar? Does he put anything? Milk. I mean, I don't do you know leave how... it? Do you leave it sit out in the sun or sit out to get soggy? Yeah, I mean, it's like Friday. What Maybe put some water doing? on that shit. Hold I don't on. know. Hannah, Hannah, stop the conversation. Yes, sir. What the fuck are you guys doing in Canada with your cereal sitting it out in the sun? No, see, that's actually oh. just a weird memory from when I was a kid where somebody said that, like, they saw a really gross bowl of cereal because they left it out in their backyard because they were eating their cereal at the picnic table. No idea where that came from. Not a Canadian thing. Just a weird thing I remembered somebody <laughs> said that one of the grossest things they ever saw was cereal that sat out in the sun. You might want to re- revisit that next week in therapy. So there's lots of weird shit that <laughs> happens up here, dude. I can't control it. <laughs> God, all right, look, do not leave your cereal sitting out in the sun so it can get soggy. Then it becomes a soup. soup. Then it becomes a soup. (laughs) All right, boys, before we ride out here, um, on the cereal note, Stoner, give me your favorite kind of cereal. Oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Love it. Jax, where are you at? Shit. I I also like the Reese's Puffs. So here's the thing. It, for me, it was a no-brainer, no-doubt Fruity Pebbles growing up. Absolutely no question. I'm also not a child anymore, so it's not now my favorite cereal. So it's a difficult He's way to talk years about. Old, so he eats grape nuts. <laughs> grape nuts. I, you know, I like a good grape nut. You know, just a good grape nut with a little bit of water. Uh, no, I think uh, total. I think for me it Sprinkle was a few Fruity Pebbles. In there. I like. I got Fruity Pebbles for my kids. And I was mm-hmm. like so excited because I hadn't had it in 20 years or who knows how long since, you know, and, uh, I, and, and it was all right. You know, it was all right. It's fine. Nice. I mean, I, I like I'm that. going through them all. I'm retrying them all. Like all the Frankenberry. I used to love Frankenberry and Blueberry and Count Chocula, Fruit Loops, and yeah. Charms, all that shit. It was great growing up. I love that, boys. Fruit Loops was my jam as a kid. Always was a Fruit Loops kid. Um, gotta go with you, Stoner. The best when you boil down to the flavor is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It doesn't. You don't fuck with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, as an adult, though, I I gotta say I don't mind like your Harvest Crunch types with a little bit of granola in there, maybe, and some almonds and shit. I'm totally down for that. Um, I think maybe it just kind of feels like more of a meal. It He's feels like more of a meal. <laughs> don't, don't judge him, Stoner. You can, yeah. you, if you guys saw Stoner's face, I mean, when he said these, <laughs> he's Canadian. It's okay. Whatever, man. We're allowed to like whatever cereals we want, fellas. It's okay. <laughs> well, you have freedom in Canada. It's way different. True that. True that. Yeah.
And on that note, fellas, I think we just recorded a dynamite episode. So uh, I want to thank the boys for being here. Stoner, really appreciate it. It was so good to finally have you on. Jax, same goes to you, man. So Stoner, Stoner, why don't you tell them where they can find you and just uh, let us know a little bit uh, about uh, the Undroppables and what, what they're, where they're shooting to. Man, at the Undroppables is where you find everyone at the undroppables. We're always sharing everyone's articles and content. And I think there's a tweet somewhere listed in there that has everyone's name. I'm sure we can put one out sometime soon. So everyone knows because there's like 17 people. And I'm sure as hell not going to list them all now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At fantasy FB stoner. Um, you know, I float around. I'm here and there. Some days yep. I disappear. Some days real life is, keeps me busy and some days i just lay in bed and tweet dumb shit all day so I love hit me up days. in the DMs, ladies i'm single um, <laughs> that's Beautiful. about it man. I, I, and any more questions you know where to come to find the answers nice hey i must say that uh if one comes out of the woodwork you will not be disappointed with a canadian lady uh Ooh. hitting your dm stoner so um definitely um you know, we have beautiful people up here and that definitely extends to the females. So we love them. Uh, Jax, uh, you know, let the people know where, you, where get, they can find can you. Can I get one of those green cards? Can I get one of them Canadian green cards? <laughs> the hell out of we'll here? have to talk about that later, my See, man. See, even the cards are green, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> All right, Jax, where... <laughs> Circle it back, circle it back. I mean, geez. Where can they find what you is... and uh, what cookie jars do you got your fingers in, my man? Um, yeah, so easy follow. Uh, the name is Jax Falcone. The, I'm at Dino Game Theory. It's kind of what I do a little bit is talk about the game theory and, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm mostly just trolling everybody online is what I do. So, you know, no, all, day. Not, all, all day. day long. But it, it's uh, I will say one thing real quick. And, you know, for the for the four people who have been able to hang on for this long ass podcast <laughs> and are still listening for listen, Tom, John, whatever four people are still watching. George. Um, George, George is watching. Yep. Uh, hey, which George? <laughs> what terms always asking which George? Um, so, but anyway, listen, you, you, you and Ty do an outstanding job. I mean that. It's like, um, you know, I think you guys do a great pod. I think you guys are normally succinct, and uh, except when we're here, obviously. But, um, but no, <laughs> yeah. you guys really do. A great... <laughs> yeah. Hey, you have Stoner here. It's going to get a little out of pocket. That's how it goes. You invited <laughs> his ass. That's on you. That's I'm fair. a little long-winded, so together we are you know a little extended version um but in more ways than one uh but um you know sorry but you know at the end of the day i think you guys do a great job and i, I want to say that but you know we're doing a lot of cool That's stuff great. at the end job we have a lot of stuff coming out i'd love for y'all to go and check out um you know unscripted that pod is is doing great it's uh, only the eighth episode is hit uh, the guys are kind of finding their groove and and they're they're just really fun to listen to they're really smart and bz's like you know, you just want to reach in the radio and give him a hug all the time because you're like, yeah. that dude's fucking great. Um, not that you don't want to hug the other guys, but probably don't don't hug him. Maybe a high five, but Beezy's a hug. Um, they're just doing a great job. We got some other cool stuff coming out on the site. Social so distancing. Social the, distancing. The, yeah. the site is cantcutlist.com. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, it, it's it's attached to everybody's, um, yeah, you know, yeah. a, a Twitter. So just go to the site. There's actually a lot of cool stuff coming mm -hmm. on the site. We're working on some stuff that's going to hopefully be really helpful uh, to fantasy players in terms of, you know, future values and things like that. Just some some tools so that we think now there's uh, there's breakdowns, there's team breakdowns, <laughs> there's, there's yep. injury breakdowns and different articles and such like that. 
uh, rankings. I haven't really done mine, but everybody else has. On I, brand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's true. I, I mean, think, rankings, it's true. I think I ranked my first three or five players. Like, rankings are more of a grind than they seem, though, boys. I will yes. say that. Grinding out some I, rankings is more work than, than what it might seem. That's right. And I'm actually the you know lead ranker there in terms of trying to keep it, everybody going on it. So it's a lot of work. You're right. I mean, not only doing my own, but you know, getting everybody else to do theirs and, and then doing everything else we're doing. And sometimes when you're doing other things, the, 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 you know, I, I know my rankings are not accurate right this second, yeah. but they're pretty fucking good, but there's a few things I would tweak and it's a yeah. constant tweak. But I would also say with ranks, uh, any, any player, any fantasy player should do their best to try and yeah. do their own rankings. Totally. Um, you know, if, however you can. And, you know, cause it's so helpful to know what you think, uh, mm-hmm. going into a draft as opposed to being on the clock going, uh, shit. I mean, yeah. I like to look back. Say, yeah, go for it. I will say on that note that I find it easier to rank positionally than overall. And 100%, I think that's why I've, 100%. That's why I've been dragging on those rankings. Oh, they're brutal. You know, Put them and mesh them. It's just yeah. brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, it if really you're going to make your rankings, do your rankings by position and, and then you, you know, learn and figure out how you want to tier that out. Mm-hmm. And then that'll help you drafting. Don't draft a, a tier four running back when there's a tier two receiver still. For there. sure. Yeah, and even though we have overall rankings at the site, probably more value to look at individual, which we have the tabs. And I yeah. think that's probably the truth on any ranking service, quite frankly, is to look mm-hmm. positionally and make your own assertion about what's more valuable in your league, a running back or a tight end or cause scoring settings and all this sort of thing. You know, I was listening to you guys, actually, Trav and Ty, talking about Cam Newton and where you had him. I think you had him mm-hmm. at uh, – QB 14 at the time, this was a couple weeks yeah. ago, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is like, I was thinking that whole time while you guys were talking, I was like, what depends on the scoring? You know, in yeah. a six point touchdown, maybe Cam Newton is, you know, less valuable because he gets a little bit of his, uh, you know, juice from the, from the ground, whether it be rushing touchdowns or rushing yards. Whereas in a, you know, four point touchdown, it's like, well, you know, that's a little bit, he's a little bit stronger there. So yeah. sometimes yeah. you have to use the nuance uh, and understand what you're drafting and what league you're in and, and what's going on. And, and, and that's why there's still a guide at the end of the day. It's not, they're not mm-hmm. perfect, even if they're perfect like mine. Yeah. Use your <laughs> gut and don't forget to use your own gut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one note on that boys is uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off there stoner um, with oh, our rankings. Said- you're going to have to do more. it at some point. You guys rank on the same platform that we do on the Fantasy Pros Expert platform. And I think yeah. it's money to have on your site. With that, it allows you to download the CSV file. So if anybody wants to make their own rankings, they can download the file from either of our site's rankings. And then you can put that into uh, a spreadsheet and you can shift those guys around how you would like to rank. So that's a mm. huge tool for going into drafts is to uh, tweak Tweak somebody else, let somebody else do the work and then just tweak it for yourself. Um, so uh, our both of our sites have done that. And we definitely I definitely encourage anybody to go to the undroppable site because personally, like I'm friends with a lot of you guys. I've had a lot of good conversations with a lot of you guys. And to me, I think our groups are very intertwined in that, um, you know, all like all of our team knows that we, you know, we love working with the undroppables. We promote your guys stuff and you're all good people. Is what the, the key factor is that you guys are good people. And I think us as I definitely think that, that our team is a bunch of good people and I think yep. good people gravitate to good people. So uh, definitely as much as I appreciate your guys' fantasy advice, I appreciate your guys' friendship even more so. Uh, and that extends to the whole undroppables team. So thank you guys for that. And it's been just a pleasure getting These you guys Canadians, on. They're so nice. I mean, it's, 
Duncan. Yeah, do you need a, <laughs> do you need a how, tissue, how do they make you feel stoner? I might need that? a tissue. Yeah, oh I might cry God. a little. Yeah, um, I'm just warm and fuzzy inside. That's all. Uh, so nice. <laughs> it, it made my it made my green heart grow three sizes. Today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so we're going to ride out on that, Stoner. That was a beautiful way. So follow me at TCL14. Uh, go to the site at truenorthffb.com. Follow the crew at truenorthffb. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the content. I had a blast. I hope you guys did too. And uh, this is going to be happening again 100%. So thanks again for joining me, fellas. And we'll talk soon. Peace. Thank you. Peace.